2: Hello, once again, everybody, and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Fletcher, here in New York City, still on pandemic lockdown. Uh, everyone is staying home. I actually had to take a quick walk today to the grocery store, and I've never. Seen, I live on 42nd Street, very close to Times Square, and I've never been able to walk directly to the grocery store without seeing. Another human being but that's exactly what happened to me today and honestly you guys it was eerie, you know, and uh, I've been Interacting with so many of you on Twitter lately and really appreciate all the tweets and all the back and forth with the poker community To help us all feel a little bit less isolated um, At Clayton comic that's where you can reach me and I really do enjoy all the interaction with all of you um, one thing that's been coming up quite a bit is the need for some mindset training, mindset coaching, just mindset talk. So normally we like to really get into strategy here on the podcast, and that's fine. But today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, I'd like to introduce my guest this week, who is one of the most sought-after guests in the world of poker podcasting. He is an international authority in the area of poker, mindset, coaching, and instruction and techniques. So uh, without further ado, let's welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast for the very first time, the one and only Elliot Rowe. Elliot, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on the show.
2: Yeah, I'm really happy that we were able to get you, Um I've been uh, an admirer from afar, I guess you could say, <laughs> for some time. So it's nice to finally get a chance to uh, chat with you a little bit today. So first of all, I wanted you to just kind of introduce yourself to any listeners out there who might not be familiar with you. Just the, kind of the, the 30 to 60 second, who is Elliot Rowe?
0: Um, so I'm a mindset coach. I've been around um, poker for about a decade. My um, hypnotherapy is the, sort of the main modality that I use when I'm helping poker players. And as well as poker players, I work with professional athletes, CEOs of companies, Wall Street traders. So all of my business is really around helping people to perform at their best when it matters most to them. Um, so from a poker perspective, usually that's making sure that they're sort of very focused, ready to play through their session with as little tilt as possible
2: great yeah so one of your key areas then is tilt management right? yeah. <laughs> I think that's something that a lot of us do uh, struggle with uh, I feel like many people are currently on life tilt over this whole <laughs> pandemic yeah. that's going on in the world now you're located what
0: in Utah yeah I'm in Utah these days
2: okay and what is the uh, what is the status of the uh, novel coronavirus there
0: uh, they took it pretty seriously, sort of earlier than most states, I would say. Um, we've been, we're not in lockdown here, but sort of everything's shut, the restaurants, the schools and things like that. And I'd say it's been probably about, I think it was like last Friday. So, um, over a week now, like eight, eight or nine days, um, since basically everyone's just been staying inside and only using the grocery stores. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a massively high risk in the area compared to somewhere like New York City or California, um, but they have taken it very seriously. So life is a little bit different now.
2: That's good. Uh, how do you keep your own mindset healthy when you are uh, dealing with with all this? And obviously, I'm not just talking about poker now, but just kind of mindset in general. How do you? how do you stay positive how can any of us stay positive when it feels like the world is is
0: crumbling right before our eyes um i I think it's just a case of reframing it correctly um you know this i mean for me personally i've i've kept my routines as best i can so you know i exercise six days a week i still exercise six days a week um i have a um a therapist, a counselor, who coach, I guess, who I speak to every two weeks, He's also a hypnotherapist. So I just continue with that. Um, still watch my diet nutrition. Um, in honesty, I mean we live sort of on the outskirts of salt lake in in utah um so it's not like we have the most incredible social life anyway <laughs> um, and all of my work's done on skype and zoom so you know my day-to-day hasn't changed much other than i work out at home rather than the gym and the kids aren't at school so they're in the house but i, I really think the reframe that people need to make here is that you know whenever there's a crisis um you can either get caught up in the crisis or you can start to see the opportunities that are created um and you know most many many successful people come from when the crisis has happened and solving problems for people that appear during those crises because when everything's going well uh, you know the the movement is a bit more difficult but when there's a crisis on you know you have a chance to really you know level up and and have a bit of an edge against the people who are panicking So I would just say, you know, have a look at what's going on. I mean, you guys, I'm assuming the majority of the listeners here are playing online poker or if you were playing live, start playing online poker now of all of the industries in the world you're in one of the growth industries during this crisis. Um, Sports have been cancelled, which means sports betting and DFS has been cancelled, and everyone has been told they have to stay at home for the foreseeable future. Um, For the poker industry, for the online poker industry, that's a a ridiculous situation. Um, And as stressful as it might be, it makes a lot of sense to really focus your energy on making the most out of this that you can, because um, this is... This this could be the next boom in poker for the next let's say it's four weeks let's say it's eight weeks it could be for a year, um, but if you're a poker player right now, listening to the negative news, you know you have a different reality to the people who've just left their jobs. You've probably just been given a pay rise.
2: That's actually a great way of looking at it. Now my first thought is if only online poker were legal in all fifty states. I mean obviously I think we all know about some sites that. Uh, are questionable as far as their legality, but I know it's nice for me when I visit a place like New Jersey or Nevada uh, to just be able to go on a, a legal website and, and be able to play online poker. But yeah, for those who uh, don't live in or aren't fortunate enough to live in one of those places, there are options out there if you if you know where to find them, uh, which we don't.
1: Specifically,
2: recommend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're on their way to jail. Uh, Elliot Rowe told me to... Find <laughs> no, you're, you're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, for me, it's kind of a double whammy. Um, you may or may not know that I'm also a professional stand-up comedian. And so uh, I have two of my... Uh, my only real two sources of income uh, have been taken away during this pandemic because... Uh, the comedy clubs are closed, and I normally only play live poker. So uh, for me, I'm at a real loss. Um, so, so I may have to start crossing the bridge into New Jersey and playing over
0: there. Well, and also just sort of some, someone, some, some mindset coaching for you right now as well. Um, everyone understands what's happened. You've got a voice in a community. Go and set up a Patreon. Um, start doing live stand-up shows online and you know start releasing them if that's something that you can do you know there are different things just obviously you've got the podcast but think about the opportunities that the other people aren't thinking about and it's the sort of time where growth is really possible because everything's in chaos so you just got to try any different way that you can um to, to get yourself out there that you know perhaps your competitors aren't thinking of
2: you know i like you already elliot <laughs> Here's why I feel like amid all of this doom and gloom and everyone just feeling like the sky is falling you are able to see the the fact that there actually does exist a strong opportunity right now for anyone who's willing to grab it which is uh you know just use this as I guess a, a springboard into something you know whether it be starting a Patreon and doing like you say live Uh, live stand-up from my living room, perhaps. Um, Although my cat is kind of a tough crowd. Um, (laughs) I'll try. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I really like that. And perhaps it's because so much of your work involves being able to see the positive and not being too rattled by negative situations. Now, if we take this back to poker, uh, I'm sure that much of your work involves hypnotizing your clients to learn that when something goes bad, that doesn't mean everything has to go bad, right? I mean, that's what we have to do in poker is, okay, so we just ha- we just lost a big pot, but stay focused on the fact that the opportunity still exists.
0: Yeah, I mean, I try and explain it to clients in the way that poker is like running a casino for a professional poker player. Um, so you should be looking at your profit over the month, over the quarter, over the year, and the um, the swings of individual hands, are completely irrelevant. You know, the casino doesn't care if they lose a hand at blackjack. Um, gamblers care. Gamblers care about the hands and they care about the sessions. And it's your job as a professional poker player to get yourself in the mindset of the casino that just they they don't change the way they play blackjack because they're winning. They just continue playing their same version of blackjack. Um, and that's what you need to do as a professional poker player. You take a bad beat. You, you don't massive, you know. You don't adjust your ranges. You still play what you believe is correct, and you just accept that the next hand. Yeah, I've got less big blinds than I had before. Move to the next hand. Move to the next hand. Just solve it as a puzzle. Move to the next one, and just have faith that if you're a winning player, you'll see that over a quarter or over a year.
2: Yeah, and, and that is right. That is right. I mean, we're basically booking. If you're if you're a winning player, you are you are booking the game. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the right approach and the right mindset to have. Uh, I want to go back a little bit, um, if you don't mind. I'd like you to talk a little bit how you personally got involved in the poker community. You are very loved within the poker community, but could you please just tell us a little bit about how you ended up here? Like, why do you like us so much?
0: <laughs> I had a really random introduction to poker, and that's that um, one of my friends um was working in the poker industry. This is years ago, like decade ago. And she still does. Um, and I was working with golfers to try and improve their performance when they were like putting and stuff like that. And it was all based on people getting too stressed and then performing poorly. And she basically said, "Hey, you should see these poker guys. They go on tilt and then they just throw away all their money." And I was like, "Oh." Um, <laughs> that sounds like some someone should be talking to them and um i i put up a post on two plus two basically offering free sessions this is like i think it was 2011 um and poker players took me up on it a lot of the guys who took the free sessions they made more money and they gave me good reviews and they recommended their friends who recommended their friends and um literally my whole poker business grew from there um And then obviously I was really fortunate. I worked with a lot of talented players who, who had a lot of potential. Um And then after working with them, they had an enormous amount of success. So I started working with Federal Holtz before he'd won any significant tournaments. I started working with Alex Foxen before he'd had any of his big tournament wins. Um, You know, so I had these sort of stories and these narratives that people could see the sort of before and afters. And because of that, my reputation grew a lot within the poker industry. And it put me in a situation where I'm fortunate enough to work with a lot of the best players in the world now um and it's a lot of fun for me i mean i now i have branched out um because of the success in poker obviously a lot of high stakes poker players know people from other worlds as well because they're at the same tables with them so through poker i was introduced to a lot of professional athletes and ceos of companies and people like that so at the moment i would guess it's about Thirty percent poker players I'm working with, and thirty percent, seventy percent outside of poker, um, it is sort of what I look, what it looks like when I look at my week at the beginning of the week. Um, but certainly, a lot of the content I create is still poker content. My app that I created with Federal Holtz Prime Mind, we have a big poker section. Uh, we have the mindset course that I have, um, the A Game poker masterclass which is on run at once Um, so I have a lot of poker content out there and I also have my own podcast, the Mindset Advantage Poker Podcast um, which you know I interview a lot of poker players on that as well so I I really enjoy being in the industry but it was completely by chance and in all honesty and I say it frequently, I'm a terrible poker player although I find it fun so if you see me at a table in Vegas, sit down at the table, (laughs) I I play for fun (laughs) Um, <laughs> so come um, come take my money yeah right well that's great
2: thank you for the uh download there it's nice to get a kind of uh you know just a little bit of background on on how you ended up here um tell me a little bit if you could about the difference between working with a professional poker player and say for example a ceo uh so yeah so you have like somebody who has a a high stress job maybe he's like a hedge fund trader or whatever and then you also have another client who's like an aspiring Alex Foxen or an aspiring Fedor Holtz. Uh, how, how would it be different and how would it be the same
0: working with these individuals? Uh, the most interesting thing that, that I've seen is it's almost identical, no matter the subject. Huh. So most of my work is really around helping people overcome self-sabotage, like fear of failure, fear of success. Procrastination issues, focus issues, anxiety issues, those sorts of things. Um, and it doesn't matter if I'm working with a UFC fighter, a Wall Street trader, or a poker player. It's these same themes that keep showing themselves up because we're all just human. And, you know, when people are trying to be the best at the world at something, um, the ego gets in the way and you know starts getting worried about being seen in public. Am I going to be humiliated? And am I good enough? And do I deserve this? And it doesn't matter the subject. Um, those same feelings come up and we work on those same those feelings in exactly the same way, whether you're looking to try and win a belt in the UFC or if you're looking to become the best poker player in the world.
2: Which do you have a better chance of doing yourself—winning a poker tournament or winning a
0: UFC, UFC fight? I, I used to actually, I used to actually fight competitively, so probably UFC fight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you're not betting on yourself for either I, one. I, no, right?
0: I, I wouldn't I would bet on myself in either right now. But of the two, um, I definitely don't like my chances of becoming a world-class poker player. Um, and this is, you know, one of the one of the things I've seen over the years is. I have seen the level of effort and work the best players in the game put into their game in poker. And, you know, it it wouldn't be possible for me to put in the level of effort needed and for me to still be able to maintain my profession um, for me to reach the top of poker in the same way. Obviously I could never become a UFC. If I'm old anyway, but I, I could never put in the hours needed of training to become someone serious in the UFC. And that, you know these are the things that you know i i try and be realistic about was certainly when it comes to poker that although i find it fun i understand where i am on the food chain because I, I haven't got the time to invest in that i want to be the world's best mindset coach you know that's where my energy goes and you know i use the odd game of poker in vegas as blowing off steam and having some fun um different people have different reasons for doing things and yeah i as I say, sit down. If you see me at the table, it will be worth your while. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so I wanted to tell our listeners and you that uh, I actually have some experience with hypnotherapy and hypnosis. Uh, when I was a boy, I have a brother who's about a year and a half older than I am, and he was interested in the subject, and he, he got a bunch of books out of the library. Um, you know, this was, Maybe we were like 11, 12 years old-ish, around that age. And he basically read three or four different library books about hypnotherapy techniques or basically basic hypnosis. And he decided to practice them on his younger brother. So I was basically the guinea pig. And I know some people don't really believe in hypnosis as a tool, but I'm here to tell you it works. Because when I was about 11 years old, I had always had a terrible habit of biting my fingernails. And my brother, my older brother, and I would literally bite them, you know, multiple times throughout each and every day to where it became a subconscious thing. I wouldn't even realize that my fingernail was in my mouth. So that's how bad it was. And my brother hypnotized me. Uh, he did some other things where, like, he made my arm numb for a while, and he was like stabbing me with a pencil, <laughs> 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 which I did not feel at all, and didn't really wake up, if you will, from my trance. And then for about two or three weeks after the uh, hypnosis, I clipped my fingernails with a clipper for the first time in my life. So uh, because they grew, they grew so long that I, I just I hadn't bit them. But I think that the process of clipping them sort of caused the uh, whatever the effects of that uh, hypnosis treatment to to wear off because after that I started biting them again religiously as I had before so uh, let me hear your reaction to my little hypnosis story yeah I mean
0: so I think the reason people could you know question whether hypnosis is real is because they're used to seeing stuff on TV and the stage Um, so a hypnotist act on the stage is nothing like what I do Um, so, you know, could someone make me dance like a chicken on stage? No, they couldn't like, you know, it doesn't work like that. There's only a certain percentage of the population, um, that are going to go on a stage and do those things. Um, however, can you use hypnotherapy in the way that I use, in the way that I work? Virtually everyone can use hypnosis in this way because it's a form of guided meditation. And virtually everyone is capable of meditation. So with meditation, you're looking to get into a very relaxed state and then clear your mind as thoughts come up. So these thoughts come up and then you release them and you're just trying to keep your mind clear. With hypnotherapy, you're looking to focus your mind very intensely when you reach that stage on the issue that you want to resolve and then work through where that issue came from. Um, and remove any of the triggers that create that issue now what you're probably describing with your brother is something called suggestion hypnosis
2: definitely i remember that you called it that yeah that's right
0: yeah so suggestion hypnosis is very effective in the short term but it doesn't resolve the root causes of issues um so my app primed mind is suggestion hypnosis so you'll listen to something to prime you to get you ready for a poker session and um it will it will be great for that day and you'll stay focused that day because you're basically following the suggestions that I'm saying. However, what it won't mean is that if you play poker two weeks later, that session won't have any impact on that game two weeks later. You'll need to listen to the session again. So that's what hip su- suggestion hypnotherapy is and that's why Um, the problem came back because it's a short-term fix. It's like a Band-Aid. The the deeper work that I do is regression hypnotherapy, and that's where we're digging into the memories and the reasons behind why you have that habit, why you have that anxiety, why you have that self-sabotage. And if you manage to find the reason behind it, the thing that's triggering in the mind, and then resolve those issues, um, then the presenting problem stops happening. Does that make sense as an explanation, a description between the two?
2: Yeah, it's very clear. So uh, to summarize, the, uh, the the easier one, if you will, the, the shorter version, the suggestion therapy, just kind of gets you into uh, a state where you are suggestible. So something like you know you won't bite your fingernails anymore uh, would last for a short time because it doesn't really get to the root problem. And then the stronger work, the, the more intense, deeper dive, if you will, uh has a more lasting effect because it actually treats the root of the problem rather than just
0: the weed that's growing exactly um so you know if you wanted to feel super confident before a particular stand-up um gig you could do the suggestion hypnosis or you could listen to one of the audios on my my app and it will make you feel great for that day and you'll perform most more likely than not you'll perform better than you would have done without it um but you would have to do that before each time. It wouldn't resolve any problems.
2: And it's not going to make me any funnier.
0: Oh, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not making any promises. You never know. Um, But if you were, you know, there are some some people I've spoken to in the past regarding performances who get so anxious before they get on stage, they know it does impact their act or their dance or the way that they sing. And in those cases, by reducing the anxiety, you do actually improve the performance in the same way that, you know, I worked with... um, players in a lot of huge poker tournaments um and sometimes you know called out last minute to, to try and help them just before they go so we obviously can't do the deep dive work um but we can help them feel more relaxed more confident more focused for that particular big tournament um and that's all that matters sometimes
2: now you spoke earlier elliot about uh how you are staying happy by exercising Hmm. six days a week so i wanted to get into that how do these things work together like when you get yourself into a, a healthier mindset kind of in general uh how does exercise and maybe what types of exercise are best for trying
0: to maintain that that positive mindset um i i think you've got to find what works for you best personally Um, So I can tell you what works for me, but it's not the same as what works for all of my clients. Um, So for me personally, I enjoy doing weight sessions and and I lift weights Um, and I do a small amount of cardio and and then I lift weights. And I find that burns off any stress and steam. I feel better afterwards and it makes me feel stronger and healthier and more confident. Um, For other people, they really enjoy going on long runs. Um, Personally, it's not preferable to me. And then other people, it needs to be a sport. They enjoy doing something with, you know, community, being in a team. Again, personally, that's not something I've ever been desperate for, but I have seen, you know, really big impacts for people who go and join a local basketball team or soccer club or something like that. So I would say try different things and just see what works for you. Everyone does seem to be different here. But be aware just that if you have – if you're feeling down – um start exercising for two weeks and just see what happens to your mood and in most cases you'll notice at least some percentage shift in your mood if you go from not exercising at all and sitting in the house to exercising even if it's going for a 20 minute walk versus not even doing that so just any level of exercise it gets blood flowing it gets hormones going if you're a guy um you know doing weights increases your testosterone which increases your confidence um yeah, just be aware, um, we're designed to move, and if you're not moving at all, and that is the case for some poker players, um, you might be feeling worse about yourself than you need to if you just invest a little bit of time in working out.
2: Now, this may seem random, but I have noticed that among the female poker players that I know who are successful, a surprising percentage of those female players are into weight training. Uh, you know hashtag girls who lift and stuff like that do you hmm. think that that's a correlation like how does uh doing weight training and in- maybe increasing testosterone uh affect uh, affect the female
0: um i mean I'm, I'm not a doctor um i'm not exactly sure in terms of what it does you know in, but but if you do i don't know what the, the, if they have the same testosterone response that the men do um but I would assume anything like that increases confidence. So even if you just feel fitter and stronger, you're generally going to feel more com- confident than if you don't feel fitter and stronger. Um, confidence is important at the poker table. Um, so that's something that you've just got to be aware of, you know, the more, the more things you can do that make you feel more confident, it's more likely you're going to play poker the way that you believe you should play poker rather than be impacted by worrying about what other people think about your plays or how other people might judge you at the table. Um, something I just want to say regarding the exercise that I have also noticed with clients is on an actual playing day. Typically, um, cardio workouts of about half an hour and then maybe light weights is much better than doing a really, really heavy weight session day. I have seen people sort of do their leg day before a tournament and just be really fatigued by the time they get to dinner break. So although exercise is good, really think about how your energy system is going to work. See the exercise on on a playing day. See the exercise as a warm up for your poker rather than I'm going to crush myself in the gym and then turn up and play a tournament.
2: (laughs) Right. And also with any exercise program, if you're not used to working out, uh, start small, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to jump in and try to run a marathon on your first day with your new shoes, you know? Yeah. Like like that
0: 20 minute walk. Like if you're doing nothing, go for a walk. That's just, it's better than nothing. Right. And yeah, as you say, um, be, be sensible about it. Don't go hurting yourself. Slow and steady is the way to get there. You know, there's plenty of time to improve and increase the numbers and increase the distance, but there's no rush.
2: Great. So the trend right now in poker, uh, along with exercise, is a lot of the, uh, the top players in the poker community are going vegan or they're doing uh, these diets such as, uh, what do they call it, the ketosis, uh, the keto diet. Uh, what are your thoughts on sort of those type of trends? Do you think that there's any validity or any correlation between poker performance and eating certain types of foods?
0: Um, I, I think there's I, I, certainly people have claimed that there has been for them individually individually. Um, I think eating healthy foods does make a difference in terms of clarity of thought. So I think there's a big difference between if you eat a ton of pizza and then go sit down and try and play a tournament versus if you've eaten a healthy, balanced meal. I think there'll be a difference between those two players um, and then just general energy levels. If you're eating healthy and exercise, um, you're going to do better deep in a multi-day tournament than somebody who doesn't take their health seriously when it comes to focus and fatigue levels. Um, so so there's a shift there when it comes to the specifics of the individual diet, whether being a vegan is better than being keto or uh, intermittent fasting or, you know, whatever it is, everyone's got these different ideas. Again, I really feel that so much of this stuff is down to the individual. Um, personally, when I've, when I've tried to have, um, eat, eat a lot less meat, I, I felt that it's, it's really whacked my energy levels and I haven't felt as sharp. Other people that I've spoken to, when they go vegetarian, they feel that they have tons more energy and they feel more alive. Um, so again, just like with the exercise, find what works for you um with your diet as well just try different things until you find the thing that makes you feel best and then stick with the thing that makes you personally feel best no one can tell you what makes you feel best um and if you tell me that that's pizza you know maybe that's true but (laughs) it probably isn't if you try all the different options but you know i have i have people having those arguments with me um But, yeah, I mean, I would say eat healthy, eat clean, and then just if you want to test different diets, test them, but use yourself as the experiment rather than just accept blindly. You know, someone said I have to be vegan, but, you know, hey, my energy level's dropped, then perhaps it's not right for you.
2: Well, now, based on a few of the uh, answers to some of these questions, it sounds like a lot of your approach is individually tailored. So suppose someone – uh, maybe is listening to this podcast and then uh, he or she decides to reach out to you on elliotrow.com or on online on, on Twitter and we'll make sure we give all your information uh, at the end here. But when they do that, I'm going to guess here, to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to guess that the first session with you is going to involve a lot of questions and answers, like trying to get to know the client and figure out, what that person is battling and what seems to work for that person and starting uh maybe a a solution a regimen if you will for that individual rather than saying here's a cookie cutter approach if you do this then you will have this and if you do that you'll get that
0: yeah i mean you've picked it up correctly i mean everything is bespoke because everyone's issues are different. Everyone's strengths and weaknesses are different. Um, my first session is two hours that I do with clients, and um, it's 90 minutes of intake and half an hour of hypnotherapy, and then normal sessions are sort of half, and, half an hour of coaching, working out what went well and what didn't go well, and then half an hour of hypnotherapy. But, yeah, that first session is getting to know them and getting an understanding of what's going on here that we can optimize for this individual, um, and then where are we going to get the most value from using the hypnotherapy to try and resolve those issues. So, we find out what's costing them the most money. Typically, that's because most of my stuff's performance-based. Um, and then we work on the issues that cost them the most. And, yeah, just go from session to session, fine-tuning and fine-tuning and trying to get them to the top of their potential.
2: Let me just magnify something you just said because you said it so quickly. I want to make sure no one missed it. It sounds like you look at the results and try to make sure that what you're doing is getting results. And the reason I want to magnify this, Elliot, is because a lot of the therapists and therapy techniques that I've gotten to know over the years uh, don't actually work that way. And it seems like just a never-ending process of... Well, you have to keep going to therapy until you die. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I mean, I definitely view it. Hypnotherapy works very quickly. You get to the root cause of issues fast. Um, but I do have people who work with me for a number of years, and it's because they just want to keep fine-tuning, and they're, they're at a part of the game or their business where it just makes sense financially for them to continue to fine-tune. But for the majority of people, um, they're coming with an issue like, hey – I'm self sabotaging every time I get to a certain level in my bank role. I find myself, you know, I start playing blackjack or I lose focus or I, you know, whatever it might be. There's infinite different issues people come to me with. Um, we, we just go through the list of issues that the person's given me and we say, right, well, what will help you the most? What will save you the most money? And we look at We just start working on it that way. So, yeah, it's results based in reality. I mean, I'm a hypnotherapist selling mindset sessions to poker players. Adverts for that don't work. The only thing that works for that is other poker players saying, hey, I work with Elliot. He made me a lot more money. So the only way I'm going to get clients is if I if I provide results, because, yeah, like I said, you, you don't you're not gonna get this poker players are skeptical, adverts aren't gonna work, but their friends saying, Hey, I made eight million dollars, you should really work with Elliot, that, that works pretty well.
2: Yeah, well I've heard lots and lots of poker players saying that about you. Maybe not eight million dollars, but you know, this guy really helped me improve my win rate or maybe even become a winning player when I was already maybe a break even or a slightly losing player. And then of course you have your uh, big success stories like Alex and and Fedor that we all know, uh, you know, went from rags to riches, if you will. And uh, you know, I'm I don't mean to imply, and I don't think you do either, that you deserve all the credit for, for oh, success.
0: No, I <laughs> no, I'm I'm a very small piece in the puzzle. And as I say, the interesting part for him, it's me getting lucky enough to work with people who had all of that potential and all of that talent, and then. I can provide, like, a little bit that helps them reach that final part but it's getting the person who has all of that potential that's the key thing for someone to reach that level of success like it doesn't matter how many times i'm hypnotized i will not become a world-class poker player right you know but if you know if there's someone who is incredibly talented they know how to solve all of the hand histories but they're not able to play in the way that their mind can work when they're doing the study Um, then that's the sort of person where clearly doing more study isn't going to help you because you already know what to do when you're studying. The issue is a mindset issue of you being able to implement it in game. They're the sort of guys that this sort of work can make a massive, massive difference to.
2: For sure. So uh, we just have a few more minutes, Elliot, if you don't mind, just a couple more questions. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts, uh, you know, a few months ago, Some very uh, highly regarded players, Mike McDonald, Doug Polk, started taking action on whether or not there will be a World Series of Poker this year. Uh, So a two-part question. Number one, do you think there will be a World Series of Poker this year? And number two, (laughs) if not, how would you help me treat my depression
0: (laughs) if it doesn't happen? I mean, I I can't imagine there's going to be a World Series of Poker this year. Um I just, it just seems so incredibly unlikely. And also with all the information that's coming out, um, just, it would be inconsiderate for them to put people sitting next to each other playing live poker within the next eight weeks. Um, you know, to give you an idea, we've, we've had a friend who's just been sent out to um, California today to be on a hospital ship. Um, for the, you know, they've the sort of military hospital ship that they're going to dock. And the expectation is three to five months for them to be on these hospital ships. Um, th- there's no way we're going to be playing poker in Las Vegas, um, on a mass scale in eight weeks. Well, I would be shocked. Um, we'll see, you know, things can change. There might be a magic pill or something, but I, I would be really, really surprised. And if it is, I would say it's likely to be the smallest world series in recent memory probably since chris moneymaker i would guess
2: right so when you say Um, that there's a part of me that says now's
0: my chance to get a bracelet (laughs) the the, the other the thing about the depression yeah seriously man like get yourself to new jersey and start playing online like this is the poker boom for online poker um if if i was a poker player and you know, I live that close to New Jersey. I'd be renting an Airbnb and moving to New Jersey and getting out of New York City for a while. It, it, because it, it's going to be the softest games for the foreseeable. Like, this is going to be the best period of time to play online poker probably ever. We're never going to have all sports banned again. You know, that's that's just such a ridiculous situation that everything is banned except poker. So everyone who likes betting, everyone who spends time on DFS, the only thing they have to entertain themselves at home is poker now. Um, you know, this is a really, really, you know, narrow time span opportunity. And if the the live poker, World's Poker Series is cancelled, then, um, yeah, as I say, I, I would take advantage of what's going on online today.
2: Yeah, well, the listeners know I can actually see New Jersey out my uh, bedroom window that's how close I live to New Jersey so there's really no excuse for me not to be across the river playing and I think that you have just uh, convinced me to do just that as soon as my two-week incubation period has ended <laughs> and I know that I don't have any uh, coronavirus symptoms I think I'll just be taking the next ferry across the river and uh, firing up some online action Why not?
0: yeah as I say I think this is this is a huge opportunity.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Elliot, uh, please tell everyone how they can find you. Uh, You have a podcast. You have an app. You have uh, all kinds of different things. So uh, let them know. I'm sure that a lot of people's interests have been piqued by this conversation. So how can they learn
0: more about you and what you do? Um, So... um... My app is called Primed Mind. Um, there's loads of content. We're also releasing a lot of free content on there at the moment and on YouTube um, for things like anxiety, helping people get to sleep because people are struggling with what's going on. Um, you can download it for free and try it for free at um, iTunes and on Google Play. Um, there are subscription options, but there's loads of stuff that's free if you don't want to subscribe. Um, my coaching, if you head to ElliotRow.com. You can apply for coaching there. Um, and if I'm not the right coach, um, I can also recommend other coaches to you as well. So if you're just looking for a mindset coach, just reach out, let me know. And then also, um, and this is something that we've decided to do while the virus is um, going on, we're massively reducing my A-game um poker course my my air game masterclass that's on run at once and um, we're dropping the price while all of this chaos is happening from a thousand dollars um to 297 to try and put it in everyone's price range um and that includes tons of videos on mindset loads of homework um for you to fill out loads of videos with some of the top players in the world um so that's that's 297 that's through run at once um and, yeah, so go and check that out. And I think they're sort of all the main things. But certainly the app, if you're feeling stressed, we're giving away loads of the audios for free. So you can download it on your phone. Try the audios. If you don't like it, delete it from your phone. <laughs> but you may as well try it. It's free.
2: All right. So, everybody, please go check out com. That's with two L's and one T. E l l i o t r o e Dot com. Elliot Rowe, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me on. And um, yeah, good luck in those New Jersey games in a couple of weeks.
2: Thanks. I'll definitely let you know how it goes. <laughs> well, that'll do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening and for liking and sharing on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever else you happen to download your podcast. We really do appreciate all the nice ratings and reviews. We appreciate your comments on Twitter, at Clayton Comic. So for Elliot Rowe and for everyone here at Tournament Poker Edge, I'm Clayton Fletcher. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Doing Texas plays Fold them, let them hit me, raise it Baby, stay with me Luck and intuition Play the cards with base to start And after she's been hooked I'll play the one that's on her heart A heart, there we will be. While little gambling is fun when you're with me. I love it. Russian roulette is not the same without a gun. And baby, when it's love, it's not rough, it isn't fun, fun. Oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa, whoa. Well, get a hot show. Her